It's another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. series of playing Fringeworthy in Skyrim. We pick up during our discussion of locations of places on the world of Nern. So Sarathville is only like 700 feet from Winterhold? If you assume that the Jarl's Longhouse... Now, of course, you understand we're looking at a map in a game called Skyrim, okay? All the distances between objects are compressed. Yeah. Right. Okay, so it's actually much further between them, but we don't, and that's also because time travels very quickly, you know, in the actual in video the game, game. Yeah, so it's yeah. going to be kind of, you're just going to have to you're just make up your own thing. It's like, oh, yeah. days travel, and so it's yeah. like 50 miles so or whatever. Well, the, the normal... It could be... Uh, what? It, it could be something you could also use if you have, like, other maps that are of a similar size... Could yeah, the GM could sit there and okay, and, yeah, and use that map scale to differentiate. Okay, all right. That is an idea that, that you could make use of. All right. In Bethesda games normally it's a twenty to one ratio. So if you look at a distance, it looks say about seven hundred feet. Multiply that times twenty. That's probably the real distance. Okay, so that about a third of a mile. Okay, so. That's a pretty decent distance. Okay. So, okay, so you're not that far from a, a major source of habitation then. Yeah. No, really. That's that it is. Well, still. And that's this has... you get a totally new set of uh, dispositions. Well, the thing is, it's like in this hospital, inhospitable environment, any sign of habitation in an Arctic environment would be like, yes, go there. Let's yeah. Go. But Sardfall being the closest one and seeing that there's an ongoing archaeological dig where there would be fires and you would right. see the lights. Yeah. If that, nothing else, they might go there because they see it as that's a building of some kind. Yes. Let's get in out of this cult. Yeah, or at least out of the and, wind. And you, can, and you can stay there, rest a couple of days, get the lay of the land from the students and the one or two instructors that might be there. And, of course, since they're trying to recruit people to join the college because the college is not all that popular, so they're going to try to get more recruits to join them, they're going to point you in the direction of their own town, Winterhold, and, as such, their college. Especially and, especially if you have a team member that shows a, even a slight hint of magical ability. Yeah, exactly. And the bonus to uh, uh, such a member on the team being interested in joining the college. That person that joins the College of Winterhold has free 
lodging. That helps. Which means and they do not have to like, pay for room and board. Right. Okay. And like what you commonly use, favors of like you some you gain you a position have, there. You have access to the college through that through that number. Of the yes, which means oh, I'm an I'm an associate of this college now. Okay, I can start looking at historical records. I can start looking at at maps. I can start getting a better lay of the land. I mean, it's going to take you know a while to get in good with these people. Once you do, you get to Winterhold and you start perusing their library. You'll get background and find out things and historical yes, personages and whatnot. Right. Events. And even though it is a mages college, they do actually have a physical library with books. Oh, yeah. They would have still it books is, and everything and scrolls. Of course. Books, scrolls, and everything. I mean, they, they, I mean, usually magical libraries, yeah. You're going to, it's still a library. It just happens to have a specialization in matters of the arcane. Right. Like and you would not be caught doing magic inside the library because the librarian will roast you. If you want to do any practical testing or classes, it would be done in the main chamber or out in the courtyard. Okay. Yeah, don't. Don't try anything off of the library. That librarian will have you torn apart. Okay, here, here's something else since we brought up technology. Now, if you are a fully decked out IDET team, you're going to have the photovoltaic charger, which charges your electronics. You're going to be having this vehicle. You're going to be having guns on you. They're going yes. to be you know, these mages, remember, who are just barely into Renaissance-level technology, and you're carrying around automatic firearms. and computers and communications devices and you know if you have the tazio he's going to have the entire suit being one big chemical hand warmer and yeah what would be the general view of all these strange technological items that because they're going to sit there and finger wiggle and sense no magic okay this is straight technology we don't know what it is but it's definitely not magical what would be the general view of these mages seeing an automatic firearm or a smartphone, you know, data tablet type thing. Extreme caution. Yes. Is what I would one. Okay. But the, the general view as to where it came from, which is probably what you're getting at, yeah. would be that they would most likely assume you found them in a Dwemer ruin, that they are lost Dwemer artifacts. Because let's say the mage looks at the security guys, um, let's say he has like a bullpup rifle. Mm -hmm. He's going to look and say, what is that? Oh, let me show you. Brrr, shoots off a three-round burst. They're going to sit there and say, hey, it fires like a crossbow. It destroyed that rock. Problem is, there's no crossbow front. We didn't see bolts fire out. It makes a lot of noise, but it shattered that rock. They obviously will say, okay, it is some type of very advanced weapon, and then they will call it some type of dw Dwemer artifact. One of two things would happen. They would either go ooh and ah as they've never seen this before and it intrigues them, or the noise alone from the firearm will scare the crap out of them. Probably. Or a combination of the two. I mean, you've got the instructors and the apprentices together, so... The instructors might be a little more... Might be a little more, ooh, honey. Yeah, because yeah. they would have a, a little bit better understanding, if only through historical knowledge, about... Dwemer technology. Right. Well, yeah. a an awful lot of them would be totally uninterested once they know it's not magic. 
because yeah. that's what they're there to learn. Yeah. They don't have time to spend on some weird, you know, Dwelmer artifact you guys have found somewhere. You know, I mean, it's cool and all, but okay, seen it, done it, moving on. Well, as I said, exactly. it would probably be the the instructors who would have knowledge of Dwemer. I mean, the, the apprentices, yeah, it's like, yeah, we're here to study magic. Okay, fine, that's some old dwarf thing. Yeah. The instructors would be a little more savvy as to what it is and might ask a few questions. And they might ask, where you, they might ask what ruin you found it in, if you found it in somewhere nearby. <laughs> and they'd be like the quartermaster back at Alice Springs, you know, I'd sign out for it. You know, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then you might get the yeah, puzzled looks. But, however, I would not get too attached to any of your computerized electrical devices that require any kind of power. Oh, um, yes. yes the, you might have your rechargeable battery packs or whatever. But once all of that energy has been depleted, there is no way to recharge it in the Skyrim land. There's no electricity. Um, um, jo uh, Jeff? Uh, they have okay. One of the things that most IDETs have is a photovoltaic charger that has the massive solar panels. You plug in all your electronics. Ten minutes, everything is recharged. Okay, now if they now if they have stuff they could run off of uh, solar cells, then that would be viable. Otherwise, you would not be able to recharge anything as there's no running electricity or. Well, yeah, that, that but that's what I mean. Yeah, see again, Jeff. But that's standard operating procedure for most teams, anyway. Yeah, you come to a world. There's no power. You just wait for the. You just wait for things to kick in. You turn. You fire up the the fuel cell to fire up the engine. And you run a generator. Yeah. So and you would also want to employ if you haven't already equipped them, is your vehicles. You would also want to have them hooked up to some sort of solar powered mechanism because once the fuel that runs them runs out, you may or may not be able to refuel unless you are running off of solar power. Oh, no. Oh, no, uh, no. That's not they, going to be a problem. Yeah, They're usually diesel. they carry a lot of extra gas and um, no, Unita and right. the, yeah, Unita and the Victorians have, they've made um, They're diesels. treaties with worlds that, okay, can we use this place as a rest stop to store fuel and supplies? As we go explore, we'll stop in. Yeah, we'll bring you some nice stuff, but you just hold our stuff for us. Tra you know. Trav, uh, basically yeah. they're diesels. Which means you can adjust. You 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 need someone's mechanic on your team to make the adjustments. You can if it burns, you can use it as fuel. Oh, so basically, yeah, we need some wine, or you, you give us something stronger than wine, and just pour a couple bottles into your vehicle and it'll run. Okay, more yeah. like all the fat off of all these real you know, bears and yeah, oh, you know things. Okay. Rendered fat. It's got to be rendered and filtered. But right. yeah, eventually, yeah, you get something you can burn. Yeah. Or you have a mage. There's a barrel of wine. Can you use a dehydration spell on that and just make it a barrel of alcohol? I doubt okay. it. Why not? Dehydration removes but, the water. Alcohol is not water. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like some yeah, but it also doesn't stuff. remove the sugar, John. Yeah. Your engines get gummed up like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. You know? It makes exactly. more sense to build, to build a distillery. Actually, it makes more sense to, to, carry, to carry around some... Uh, um. Yeah, build a distillery. Yeah, distillery would be the best way. Yeah, I was. Thinking, uh, I was about to say graphene. And you can easily and you can easily build a steel in Skyrim with all of the metal ingots that could be found from steel to ebony to copper. 
Oh yes. Introduce them to the into the wonders of distilled spirits. <laughs> now remember, you. St- well, they already the have that. It's called Puma. Is mead. Oh yeah, because mead is only like. And I've had my fourteen, fourteen, twenty percent, and twenty percent is pushing it. So that's you, and then they've we'll also got twenty-five. Yeah, we'll say twenty-five proof usually. Bee nectar up in Ferndale usually it's about twenty-five proof mead, John. Yeah, uh, yeah. All of a sudden you're giving them a distilled spirit. And actually, yeah, bee nectar that that would be a the twenty-five percent that you said that is twenty-five yeah, proof, proof, which is twelve and a half percent. Twenty-five proof. Yeah, yeah, that's about it because of the just fermentation and all that. It's yeah, they don't like, have yeah. Be like the black briar mead is kind of like that. And then of, you give them like vodka or rum or gin oh, or tequila. Oh no, they're gone. Seventy or eighty proof. Oh no, actually, I, I guess that, that would be akin to the Sky, uh, Elder Scrolls uh, variant of skooma, which would be our equivalent to moonshine. Oh god. Uh, no, also it's also highly illegal. Also, with Skyrim, you can you can use what's called uh, there's a version ice jack. You basically take something as alcoholic, you put it out in the out in the out the cold, let it freeze. What's left over is alcohol and lots of sugars. Jeff, spell spell skooma for me real quick. Flat out, S K O O M A. Okay, there we go. Yep, skooma. Here we go. Let's let's do this. First sentence. Just read that. From the flavor text, skooma is distilled from moon sugar, which is sacred to we who worship the moon and stars. But those who use skooma for pleasure quickly become slaves to its visions. A legal narcotic that is used throughout Tamriel, made and protected by the Dunmer by way of mixing moon sugar and nightshade. Since then, drug has been used across the continent. That doesn't sound like an alcoholic. It sounds more. Yeah, it's more a narcotic than. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the more addictive effects of the drug are bouts of euphoria, protected lethargy, loss of voice, minor fits of possibly death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a narcotic. Yeah. It's not so much a. Yeah. Thing. So all all it, that lard they make it is bottled as a drink. Yeah, but still, it's. Oh, it's, it's, it's the description is more narcotic-like, but it's a liquid narcotic. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you build yourself a gasification system to feed the diesel engine. It's, yeah, skooma still... can be used by vaporizing the liquid and smoke through a pot. Oh, it's like a hookah. You use a hookah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Or drink in liquid form. Yeah. Skooma pipe. Yeah, it's a hookah. So, okay, real quick. What could an IDET get from coming to this world? What type of things would would benefit Earth Prime going to this world other than saying, yeah, we found the Skyrim world out there? You know, what physical things or what type of information could they get? Well, I don't know about helping Earth Prime because Earth Prime is a no magic world. Okay. However, what this world has is very easily rechargeable magic items. Yeah. That can be used by anybody. Which would be a benefit to Earth Prime. No, not to Earth Prime. Earth Prime is a dead magic world. Psy works Ah. there, but... Magic does not work on Earth Prime at all. Right. Earth Prime Earth is kind of like a modern world. It just. But it'd be great for the Fringeworthy. Yes. And and I'm sure you or, could find worlds where you could actually, you know, set up some kind of trade. But yeah, I mean, you know, the only all, what you need more than anything else is some person who has the uh, uh, soul capture spell and who could just basically start pumping stuff into those soul gems that you use to recharge 
your uh, wands, your staves, okay? And at which point, you've got some major league firepower in a oh, very okay. gotcha. in, in a very consumable, you know, thing. I mean, you know, teleportation. All the different spells are all available through these these staves and whatever. So, so, the, uh, so the the salt gems could be used to to recharge charge using magic items. Yes, that's exactly what they're used okay. for. Rod staves, wands. Yes. Um, yeah. They're also used for enchanting non-enchanted items, such as a ring, a breastplate. Oh, so artificers could use artificers it. Oh, God, bringing the these back to Bureau 13 Earth. Oh, man. Profe the, the, uh, um, Division Magnus would have a field day. The disadvantage to this is that the soul gem is consumed during the enchanting process. Well, they're not too far away. I mean, you know, we got 18 hours. Two nodes, Yeah. It'd be well, the full gym is also up to the prime. It's only a 150 mile trip between plus 15's all platform and Bureau 13's, you know, third positive 13 prime. So yeah, I mean, this world would be certainly benefit the Bureau 13 Earth a lot more than Earth Prime, but still the magic and also the concept of word magic that would be something else that the bureau agents, especially the mages of Bureau Thirteen. Would be able to like wait a minute. This whole new concept of primal word magic. Well, it looks like it takes a quest to get those things. Of looking at that yeah. dragon shouts, it's you you have to okay. kill a dragon and absorb its soul. Ah! No, 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 no! You do not. Oh, this is new. You do not have to absorb a dragon's soul to learn a dragon shout, as is proven by the Greybeard, the Greybeards, Ulfric Stormcloak, your, so many other characters. They are not, they don't kill dragons to learn the shouts. It is... Just study and meditation, you said, Years right? of study and meditation on the meaning of the words themselves. You take that meaning into you. The shout becomes a part of your very being. And if it sounds like an ascetic like, discipline. It, it, it is an ascetic discipline. The Greybeards are basically monks that spend their lives studying. Okay, all right. Yeah, and if you come across word walls throughout Skyrim, you don't need the soul of the dragon to actually learn the shout. The shout is absorbed into you, and thus you have learned it from the word wall. However, in the game itself, you need the dragon's soul to be able to use it. Okay. And that, but that, that, Jay, is, however, unique to the dragonborn. That yes. innate absorption of knowledge is unique to the Dragonborn. A normal person looking at the word wall, how are they going to know which word is 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 stressed? Okay, I don't. Which word is that wall meant to meant to emphasize? Okay, we didn't. I don't think we brought up the Dragonborn. Real quick. All right. Because that might be somebody. There might be a Dragonborn at that there at Sarthal. A mortal born with the blood and soul of a dragon. They have the innate ability to absorb a slain dragon's soul, adding that dragon's knowledge and power to their own. They can learn the words of power without, uh, almost without effort. The very act of adventuring to find them okay. basically allows them to use it. So dragonborn could be of any race. You could have any dragonborn, race. You could have dragon lizard folk, you dragonborn cat folk. Yes. Okay, all right. So it is a... It's it would be sort of an inherited a, template. Gotcha. Okay. For basically Pathfinder. a divine blessing of sorts. Now, is it detectable? 
can't are there ways to determine if, if a child born has a dragon soul? Not by humans. Not so other dragons them. would be able other, to sniff it out. Other gotcha. Dragons can sniff out the dragon born. And probably other dragonborn, I would assume. And other dragonborn. Yes, yeah, they'd be sitting there. When, they, when you encounter Mirak, the first dragonborn, he immediately picks up the fact that you are dragonborn. Okay, so it's sort of like a Highlander thing. You know it's around, you can't really pinpoint, you just know there's another dragonborn in your midst. Right. Right. The only way a human would be able to tell if there is a dragonborn in the group is if, by some chance, a dragon has been killed or dies in the general area of the dragonborn, and they will see the soul being absorbed by that dragonborn. Okay, so it has to be as that soul absorption happens. Got it. Yes. Yes. Okay. But other than that, a normal human looking just... Because dragonborn, I take it, physically don't look any different. It's not no. like there's scales painted no. on the skin or whatever. Physically, okay. they No, are they would just look like you or me. They, or, or just they are susceptible like to all normal mortal ailments. Okay, so being dragonborn does not give you a longer lifespan no. or resistance to poison or whatever. Ooh, no. Wow. Okay. So that begs the question. That whole resistances and whatnot is dependent on the race they are. Yeah, that's just a racial feature. That's right. Nothing to do with Dragonborn. But like I said, but that begs the question: if that's the case on a you know, on on Skyrim, is it the same case on Bureau Thirteen Earth? Because we know there's dragons there too. Yes. Well, all stories are true. If a Dragonborn all were to come to Bureau Thirteen Earth, i.e., you find a fringe-worthy member that can come back with you and you take them Bureau 13 Earth because it'd be easier. No, to no, no. I'm, I'm saying nat- native-born Dragonborn. Yeah, what about them? Unlike, um, you mean like on Bureau 13 Earth? Yeah. I mean, you, we have dragons. And Maybe. Th- you know. it, it depends, really. It's a remote, poss- it's a if, remote possibility. It, it's a remote possibility. You, you did say all stories are true. I mean, GM, it's up to the, the GM. That yeah. It, it is up to the GM, but the Dragonborn was created by Akatosh, the dragon god of time. He is also the father of all dragons. Okay. So that may also be why they can sort of sense each other, because they're... All in pieces, one way linked to him. They're yeah. all linked to Akatosh. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting kind of what the dragonborn is kind of like. In the second world, there is a template you can lay over a human or a dwarf called a schwan. And basically, from what I see, they're like the magical form of an aspie because they, they're they born to see synchronicity and patterns. And they get to detect magic as a, like a free at-will ability. So I'm seeing it's sort of like a supernatural template. It doesn't change your DNA. It sort of is over your soul. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah. So it still would be an inherited template. John, it would still be an inherited template for purposes of OGL. It's just, it'd be something you'd have to hand make because I don't remember. I got all six bestiaries. I don't see anything like that in there. It's something you would have to hand make, I think. Yeah. Unless there's something like dragonkin. Well, there's dragonborn. Problem is, they're like half dragons. This yeah. is not. You, there's no, as you said, there's no, no physical. No, there's no physical changes, but you could take the basis of that template and modify it as needed actually that that does beg the question so you have the half human half dragon would there be hybrids like that yeah you're argonians 
Yeah, yeah, it'd be the best way. To, well, I see those more like lizard folk. Lizard, lizard folk. They're not. They're not specifically related to dragons. Yeah, and you have you know the dragons who you know kidnapped the princess for other reasons, and they got kids. I'm, I'm not seeing dragons on this world being shapeshifters. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about on Earth on no. Bureau Thirteen Earth. Oh, Bureau Thirteen Earth. Yeah, you'd have a half dragon. Oh, wow. Oh, a dragon, a half dragon, a half, half dragon. human coming to that world, and they'd just be like, "Okay, you're not Argonian, but you what are dragonborn, or okay, of, dra- like, of oh, dragon so heritage, because it may it may be several generations since you know that happened, but still, they got dragon and they they have dragon blood and flowing through them. Oh, like a draconic that- bloodline sorcerer. Yes, that would be the closest approximation, I think. Yeah. That would be. You're right. And that, essentially, based on the, based on one particular aspect of Agatash, some of them would would have been. Some of them were like that. So of course they they, they come across the the word wall and then go, ooh, shiny. Ooh. <laughs> oh no! But a dragon, a draconic bloodline sorcerer. Yeah, I'd see that as the closest thing. That now normal dragonborn, like a dragonborn human. They just have that dragon soul. They wouldn't have the ability to cast spells naturally, right? It just... Right. Okay, so yeah, but a dragonborn who happens to get into sorcery, that would be, by rules, you would just call it sorcerer, draconic bloodline, done. Uh Other than that, we'd have to, the GM would have to whip up an actual template that's inherited to the character. Right. Yeah. I would love to actually see a Dragonborn template. But considering the world of Bureau 13, it's something that would get you invited. You know, you know let's be honest. If not if not in the Bureau, you know, the, over in Europe, they probably, you know, they probably all the various groups over there would go, yeah, these folks, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're descended from this one dragon that Sir George killed after he had his way with the princess. Oh, somebody with draconic blood. Oh, somebody yeah, that just, actually just, is physically half dragon, or Ooh. even just as I said, light DNA. Light. Maybe they had the dragon like ten generations ago, and there's still a little bit of like recessive dragon well, DNA, and otherwise um, normally human. The form. dragonborn is also called as being of the dragon blood, so which would mean dragonborn and dragons would pick up. They'd be walking by and walking by this eye, and all of a sudden go, yeah. And it'd be the guy from Bureau 13 Earth who... Yeah, it'd be like, you're Dragonborn. Like, excuse me? You're what? I'm from the Lower East Side of New York. What are you talking about? They would realize they they have this Dragonborn essence of them. So how'd you get involved in the Bureau? Oh, yeah, weird things happen around me. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So... But are there things here that, you know, would make this place interesting for, say, you know, as we said, United Nations Earth, UNITA? would make this interesting for them. I mean, is it easier to make things here? Or easier to produce certain material? You know, can you use magic to do basic manufacturing, so to speak? Oh, there is a transmutation. There are transmutation spells um, to turn iron ore into silver and silver into gold. Oh, alchemical transformation. And alchemical potions, too. A wide variety of ingredients. Oh, so the so yeah, potion making and alchemists, the class alchemist, would benefit here. Again, this is stuff that would benefit like Bureau Thirteen people. We're trying to figure out how this world could benefit Earth Prime. What could we bring from this world 
that is non-magic based that would affect Earth Prime. Because you got to remember, and Jeff wouldn't know this either, Earth Prime during the whole Fringeworthy canon is in bit of a, you know, imagine the beginning of Captain Planet. The Earth is in peril. You have overpopulation, food problems, pollution yep. problems, yep. global warming. So they're sending people on the fringe paths to find technology and worlds that will help bring them food, help clean the atmosphere, help with global warming, getting that taken care of. That's um, kind of why they're sending, would there be anything on this world that would work on Earth Prime that is not magic, that would somehow... Well, that's what I'm wondering, if they can mass produce... Okay, you would need to have something they can make mass produce in small volumes, but it has major uses back on, on United Nations Earth. And one thing I can think of is um, electronics. Well, not electronics, but the, 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 main, the main chips. If they can, say, you know, create, you know, silicon wafers and then put on them highly, highly advanced, you know, nanoscale, you know, structures on it, you just feel okay. Up, feel I'm getting what John, I'm getting what John's saying here, Josie. If you can learn to mass produce via magic electronic parts and then just ship the electronic part, you can make faster computers, but oh. you would have the magically fast production facility here on this world. It becomes a new Taiwan. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, I was seeing what he was that, getting at. That is a possibility. One, one thing I can think of that would actually benefit uh, Earth Prime, and it would reduce a lot of need for manufacturing plants for high pharmaceutical companies. Alchemy. Alchemy. The, the uh, herbs and ingredients to make alchemy potions. But alchemy still involves potion that still involves magic, and magic it would it would become an inert compound as soon as it leaves the node. Well, it depends because you're also talking about the skooma, which sounds like it's more of a narcotic. So you, but it's yeah, moon sugar and nightshade. Yeah, does that is that magical or is that chemical? No, the alchemy ingredients I don't think would be considered magical because they are grown in the ground. And if they could be seeded, then they should be able to grow. Well, and moon sugar is just, that's that's probably just a type of, you know, sweetener that's gr grown from an herb or something. Nightshade is nightshade. That is belladonna. Now, if a nightshade in Skyrim is the same as the herb we all know is nightshade. Oh, yeah. Then I've looked at. So it is belladonna. It is. Because I've looked at lavender in Skyrim. And I recognize it on the streetcar. Okay, so basically it's a concoction somehow of sugar and belladonna. Not sugar. It's moon sugar. I'm reading it right now. It's a substance named to the to the tenor forces of South else, Elsewhere. Okay. The holiest substance to the gadget, moon sugar is the daily part of their lives. And, okay, it's also a potentially da and dangerous addictive drug. Okay, so they just call it moon sugar. So... It doesn't sound like it's magically created. It just sounds like that moon sugar is native only to sky. So it'd be a very expensive narcotic. Would we really want to be bringing this to Earth Prime? Yes. Yeah, well, not well. Yes. Yes, you would. It just depends on the addiction amount, uh, level of it. There's lots of there's you know there's lots of people that need 
you know, uh, pain relief. And well, if okay, you, let me let me okay. let me take a look at this again to see. Oh, um, oh, okay, skooma. Here we go. Yeah. It seems that they call it moon sugar due to the Khajiit believing it to be crystallized moonlight. Okay, let me. Uh, I'm going to moon sugar here myself. I thought I just clicked. Looking at its origins, yeah. Yeah, sounds like go. oh, sounds like uh, China white. <laughs> but it's actually brought to the sugar grain groves of the tenor by its twin tides. It says that the blessing of the Kajit gods rightly bestow upon their chosen people. It sounds like it's basically, um, let's see what the effects. Moon sugar is used in a number of invariably sweet foods that make up the staple of the Kajit diet, including candy, sweet cakes, pudding, and so it is a. It's also used as a seasoning and a magical ingredient for communion with the holy moons. So yeah, that, uh, it probably uh, it, it probably it's it, a specific, it would be a specific type of sugar native to the area of elsewhere. But yeah, let yeah. let's get back to um, skooma here and see what the uh, types of stuff uh, when used. Skooma increases the user's speed, strength, and restores stamina. But the addictive qualities are bouts of euphoria, other other minor fits and. Um, it's speed. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it's a damn amphetamine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, just no. No. But oh no! If this were brought back, you know, it'd be the it'd be the next big thing after anabolic steroids. And it sounds like the nightshade portion is just is just to give them more. It, it, the addiction comes from the moon from the moon sugar. So it's yeah, two of them together because nightshade. Um, doesn't do that. Is is not a, doesn't produce speed. It actually does other things. So it sounds like it, it, the speed's coming from the moon sugar. No, it's because my okay. My second wife had female problems, endometriosis. Yeah. They were giving her phenobarbital with nightshade extract mm -hmm. as a painkiller. So yeah. Yeah, the nightshade is would actually be what causes the negative. The bouts of euphoria, the lethargy, the, loss of voice, minor fits, lethargy, and possibly death. The, lethargy, yeah. Yeah, nightshade would be the one would be what's causing the negative effects of. And it sounds like the moon sugar would be causing the positive effects. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you it's take so it in good. small amounts and not regularly, yeah, you get the boost. But if you get it into it too much, then like you get with the with the holy communion thing. Yeah, it's like any other. Yeah, you. Well, a lot of drugs are. Well, look at peyote. Do you know what peyote is? It's like a little thing you put in your mouth and then mixes okay. with saliva, and you yeah. you get into an altered state. Southwestern right. American Indians and use it a lot. That's kind of like this. A lot of um, a lot of uh, Aboriginal type cultures will use natural hallucinogens to mm -hmm. achieve some type of altered state. And they would get visions. And this is probably not the only, you know, uh, substance they have around it. I imagine there's some non-magical healing s things they use on this world too, which probably might, you know, be something you could send, you know, send off to uh, to other places, and it might still work. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of more of the alchemy ingredients, not just specifically the skum. I was thinking more of like the purple mountain flower. The blue mountain flower uh, and stuff yeah, like I'm that that would actually be used to make health potions and oh no I'm seeing the list of potions that it can make here with nightshade it's quite we got human um, damage help uh, imstool river Betty skeever tail let's see fortify destruction ash creep cluster beehive husk 
uh, damage, magicka, regeneration, ancestor, moth wing, bear claws, chicken's egg. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. It looks like that nightshade goes into it. These are all the potions and, and, that nightshade has a yeah, hand in. I'm looking yeah. at alchemy specifically to see how it's described. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing too. Yeah, and, and some of the ingredients for alchemy you would not even need to transpo transport or transplant rather from Tamriel to Earth Prime as. Well, we have bees, we have bears. Well, yeah, nightshade is here on Earth, so it's like, yeah. Nightshade, lavender. Literally, I I looked at a at the median board at an intersection, and um, hey, look, a patch of lavender. Yeah. So nightshade is oh, here. It's moon sugar that would be unique to if you would bring that back to Earth. And it's like, yeah, we found this drug. It helps speed stamina, but there is an addictive quality once. Earth Prime and United go through the rigmarole of getting it preserved, you it'd be just like any other drug. The FDA, it's like, yeah, it does this and this. These are the side effects. It is to be used only under medical supervision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like you can't unfortunately it looks like it can't can't be farmed. It's only found in the wild. Some or something. I'm looking at Nirn root, which is something which looks like it has some healing properties. Unfortunately, it can't be farmed. Well, Actually, for Kenneth, the fact that it the fact that it grows in the wild yeah. would dictate that it can be farmed because if it can grow, it, it can, can be grow. Yeah, it, it does, yeah. If it can be, if it grows in the wild, it doesn't mean you can't domesticate in, that plant in, and grow it in on mass. In the game, there is a known root farm. Oh, oh, that doesn't. Oh, I don't like her smile. I've recognized that smile. That's not a good smile. <laughs> You're looking at the the known root. Yeah. And yes, there there is a Nern root farm that you can find in game. Oh, okay. Now, is this a good place or is this a bad place? This is a good place. Okay, so it's not like these people are growing they're, this to do mean things with. It. No, no, they're growing not. it for a purpose. They're, they're, they're growing it for a, for a purpose, but okay. But essentially, if it's growing in the wild, it can be farmed. Yes. Yeah, there's two variants of Nern root. There's the regular Nern root and the crimson Nern root, which it's based on the fact that crimson nerd root is only found within Blackreach. I would say that particular variant has to be grown underground. Well, black isn't Blackreach like the swamp area where the Angorians no, live? No, Black Marsh. That's Black, black Marsh. Okay. Blackreach is a massive Dwemer city underneath Skyrim. Gotcha. Okay. And I mean massive. There's like five entrances through other Dwemer ruins scattered throughout Skyrim. So it was like a connecting city between all these others. So it looks mm -hmm. like its primary thing is is health and stamina. So eh, it's it's Peruvian marching powder. Okay, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's for Crimson Nern Root, since we only find it in Blackreach in Skyrim, if we want to logistically think about transplanting Nern, uh, Crimson Nern Root to Earth Prime. We would have to have a group of scientists go to Blackreach and do... Arborous. <laughs> okay, so we're seeing that the main thing that we could get from Nirn would be certain botanicals and whatnot that could be brought back to Earth Prime, mixed with stuff that's already here on Earth Prime. Look like, like this requires any magical ability to do. It's just a it's just a botanical pharmaceutical process is just not right. known on our world right. because these excuse me, these unique 
substances such as moon sugar and nern root, if you can bring healthy sub healthy samples back and reproduce them on Earth Prime to get these new substances, then you could have access to the recipe books that Nern uses. And then, yeah, and I would and say, so, you, yeah, you would probably get the primary effect and secondary effect if if they're not magical in nature. Consider that you can also get a limited form of the effects by eating the ingredients. Yeah, yes. this would be something that would be massively regulated. And of course, I don't know if the UN has any type. Well, no, the World Health Organization, uh, United Version World Health Organization, would be involved in this. Yep. Oh, yeah. The World Health, who would be there and uh, we'd be looking at this and regulating because some of these things, you know, you're like I'm looking at ash hopper gel jelly, which primary effect is restore health. Okay. That sounds a bit magical, or it might be that it still works, but what it does it, it uh, assist with healing? It's basically um, a form of. It basically would heighten your your healing. It I would liken that to it heightening your natural healing. And since it's a jelly, it looks like it would be a very variation of neosporin. Ah. Something like that, yeah, but you have to specifically harvest it from those creatures. Uh, so, John, some, by the so way, some of the, yes, I, I just want to, and, and John and Bruce would know what I'm getting at here. You do realize if stuff like moon sugar and all this and all these other drugs are introduced to the Bureau 13, because we'd have to go take it to the Bureau 13 of the first. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. the closest massive lab facility, which means we'd have to get it through Colonel Talbot. You do know, John, yeah. Mr. Ryer. <laughs> Who would want to know what the heck all this stuff is that we are bringing to this world from off-world? A certain OSHA agent linked with the Bureau. Oh, yes. Mike Bonkowski. Mr. Yes. Mr. Mike Bonkowski. <laughs> I have the meme on my phone and I'm showing Josie. <laughs> He'd be sitting there looking at it, looking at them going, you're going to do proper tests, aren't you? Not on humans. That wild, wild nightshade as a film poisonous plant right. is regarded with some suspicion due to its cultural uses. Well, yeah. You're found with moon sugar on you? You're in real trouble. Oh, okay. So moon sugar is something on Skyrim if you're found with it. It is illegal. It's actually a controlled substance. So it's they a controlled substance. Okay. But no, Mike Bonkowski will be looking, okay, you're bringing this off-world substance here. Oh, no. That goes to Robertson now. <laughs> Ray Robertson. Though. Now, now, um, some, now, some of the ingredients like boar tusk, yeah, that ain't, that's equivalent of doing rhinoceros horns. It's not going to work. Well, we have boars on Earth Prime, so that wouldn't be a problem. No, no, but I'm saying that boar tusk does a fortify stamina and fortify health. Ah, uh, that's, 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 you know. Uh, it works on Skyrim. It doesn't work on yeah, Earth Prime. Yeah, I would not remember. That would, that, that would, okay, Jeff, the boar tusk helping stamina. That would be due to the mana on on uh, Nern. You take that boar tusk back to Earth Prime. It's boar tusk. It's a it, it's, mm, okay. it's hard hair, you know, or tooth. Oh, the, the rhinoceros. So hair. any ingredients that would actually benefit magical talents wouldn't work on Earth Prime. No, right. remember, Those Earth Prime is a is a dead magic work. world. Right. So basically, the only ones we would be able to use would be the ones that boost uh, stamina. Uh, uh, health potions. No potions no, again. No, no, I mean it. Basically, it, it sounds like the boosting stamina would be a variation of. Well, I already said it before. You know, cocaine. Yeah, pretty much. We're saying that 
skooma would be... They call them potions, but the way it's described, it, it doesn't describe them as requiring any magical ability to make. No, but they do have things... I mean, I'm looking at canis root. A lot of them do have... All right. Yeah, it does things like, uh, you know, primaries increase stamina, but also fortifies your one-handed weapon use. Well, that ain't gonna happen. So you have the uh, alchemy for uh, non-magical way of doing alchemy with the alchemy ingredients. Yeah. Pestle and mortar mixed with a little water. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. looking at the picture. There you go. That's a potion. Yeah, I'm, but yeah, but the, I'm looking and I'm looking at all the uh, the retorts and so forth they had in that one picture for alchemy. Uh, they do some. I mean, there's some things though that aren't just like resist fire. Nah, you, no, that ain't gonna happen on Earth Prime. <laughs> There is something you could, you might be able to use off of the, off of the boar tusk, the frenzy effect. That might, I'm seeing frenzy lists a few places, like for fly anamita. Yeah, for what I'm seeing, it's, um, okay, in the, and again, our buddy, Dr. Nick Palmer, who we've had as a previous guest on our show, and his, con- his company, Panic Productions, does Modern Adventures. It's kind of like D20 Modern, but for Pathfinder. There is a class called the Scholar. There are concoctions, which are scientifically created potions that mimic magical effects. That would work. That is... It's just cutting-edge science-making... That is the closest thing to how it's actually described. Okay, so they are scientifically made... See, the terminology of potions. They would be more the scholar concoctions for modern it, adventures. A, Got a, it. Okay, fine. It's a concoction made of two or more ingredients with similar yeah. effects. But, yes. But some of the effects would never happen, like fire resistance. I'm sorry. That is definitely a magical effect, but that's... Well, unless uh, flame retardant uh, compound. Oh, I, I like, like to it. have flame retardant in my body. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> or you rub it on you. <laughs> yes. Or it reacts with your skin chemistry. No, when, I reading, when, I re- when I was reading, you drink it. No, 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 no. That's where you're getting into game mechanics. You would have to, you would actually... Have to modify I, it, yeah. I really like doing this. Yeah, we could modify a few of these to be actual cells and not potions. You would actually have to look at it. Okay, logistically, how would this be applied in a non-magical sort of way. Well, remember also like with the, how we did with Pokemon, the game world, okay, the game world of Nern, Skyrim, Elder yes. Scrolls, when the images came through the fringe paths and rested in the mind of the guy that created this world, he may have had to change it to make it quote-unquote saleable. It's like our Pokemon world. They are cute little animals. A Charmander is a red dragon. Therefore, things would be changed where it's like, well, yeah, in the story he made and put in the game, it's a potion. No, it would be an oil that you rub on your skin to make you temporarily flame-resistant. Right. So it'd be like that. And that could just be a form of fat. You're just rubbing fat on your skin, which, you know, right. like, yeah. Which that would just be like, this is no. this is fat, this is grease, I'm not rubbing this on me. You can freeze. Can somebody get my back? Yeah. So here, here I'm looking at Frost Miriam. And one of the things you can do is fortify sneak. Explain that one. Hmm. Let's see. A biological concoction to help with stealth. Yeah. Um. Does it make you quieter? Does it, you know, lubricate all your joints so you don't creak? creak? Maybe so. <laughs> it could be like something with, um, uh, oh, God, it's the stuff you use for your knees. 
glucosamine and chondroitin. It could be something like that where you move more fluidly. You move therefore, more fluidly, yes. and it could also be applied. It, it may also be applied to the the equipment you're wearing. They, well, the, it's four percent chance. It gives you. It only gives you a four percent benefit, so it's so maybe a plus one to your stealth roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it's one but of the things. Still. As a GM, I would look at I would look at that cross-eyed, going, "That sounds more like magic," but you know, <laughs> yeah. So, You're so they're really okay. So we can wrap this up here. We can kind of an IDET going to the Skyrim world would be able to get certain unique compounds and 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 types of things to use for possibly pharmaceutical, possibly industrial uses. If we can transplant these substances to Earth Prime and put them there, then new drugs, new chemicals could be made, which could help because the skooma could be used as a pharmaceutical under proper medical supervision. Yeah, it could be that the there the species of sugar cane that grows with in, in tena in is it tena? Tamaril. Tamaril yeah, it grows there actually where it grows by the Khajiit is a is a unique species that does produce some some mind altering chemicals. Yeah. Okay, so we figured out what an IDET could what Earth Prime could gain from going to this world, and, and as well as the magical aspects that could be brought back to Bureau 13 Earth. And there's even a specific thing called fire salts based on a quest that they're used in. Okay. Those would actually, based on the fact you need 10 of them for a blacksmith to light his forge with, those probably burn much hotter than... Oh, then that would be, yes, that could be used in manufacturing then. Manufacturing... Heating, power generation, right. energy sources. It could be yeah, a form so, of phosphorus, a form of phosphorus, and and some uh, alumina. Basically, uh, self igniting thermite. Yeah, military uses. So IDET would want that. You know the the aspect of United that deals with you know weapons design. Yeah. So yeah, there are there are certain unique compounds and chemicals in this world. That could be brought back to Earth Prime and have new uses for Earth Prime and its allies. All right. right. That is yeah. what I was trying to get all along. What? How would this world benefit Earth Prime and, in time, the new Commonwealth? There's another one, too. She mentioned frost, uh, fire salts. Yes. There's also frost salts, which could aid in refrigeration. Even then, yes. That would be something uh, else. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we're finding out new... Okay, so these things could all be used to help Earth Prime's technolo technological base to increase. Because right. throughout the fringe can, you go from PL5 to PL7 by late campaign for Earth Prime. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, don't forget about the biological yeah. ones, too. Yes. Right. Okay, because this is a uh, an ice... Well, I mean, not all of Skyrim is icy, but I'm just yeah. saying, because there is ice, anything that's close to the fringe of the ice might be a new species of plant that is more tolerant of harsh conditions. That could be translated into growing food in places where food doesn't grow very well, oh, or there is true, a yeah. very long growing season. Agricultural and, needs, yes. And there's a particular one. This is relevant to the island of Solstein. There's a particular food there called the ash yam. Okay. It is capable of being grown even in 
nearly ash-covered soil. Ooh, volcan- volcanic soil. Yes. Oh, volcanic soil is rich in nutrients. Oh, if we could find plants that can grow in volcanic soil. Oh, yes. The- we've got islands all throughout the Pacific and even some in the Atlantic that, hey, look, the- we have new farmland. The ash um, can even can withstand even consistent ashfall. Oh, there's places in Mexico that, you know, they have volcanoes down there that go off and dump ash everywhere and get, hey, if you can plant these yams in that ash and it grows. Also, it means people like Monsanto won't get their hands in those things so they can start working on on the genome and figure out what gene's doing that. Yeah. Well, like the yams themselves just aren't bothered by the ash fall. They just keep growing regardless. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. All right. You have variants of cabbage potatoes. Yes, that, that can grow in different areas. Yeah, that, that will help. That can grow in the the harsher climate of Skyrim. Yeah, the thing. So. Yeah, the thing is with Earth Prime, they're dealing with overpopulation. They're dealing with with hunger issues. Mm-hmm. You know, famine in some places and just not right. enough food in other. Having All this things, stuff could. Yes. Having so. things that could be grown in a colder environment would benefit. Greatly. Canada would become a new breadbasket, as would Russia. Yes. Well, Russia is All kind right. of a breadbasket, but now it's... Well, yeah, but I mean, they could grow even farther north. Yeah. Yes. As could Canada, because you have the great Can- Canadian shelf there, and you're getting up into the Northwest Territories and doing farming all year long. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So what you growing? Oh, I'm growing some uh, some ash yams and some, win- and some winter wheat. I mean, hardcore winter wheat. There's the term winter wheat. No, son, this is winter wheat. All right. Adding Fringeworthy to the Elder Scrolls game universe would provide many new aspects to an ongoing Fringeworthy campaign. Not only magical aspects, such as finding out about dragon shouts and the words of power type magic, but also new, unique to Nern compounds and chemicals that could possibly be brought back to Earth Prime to help in its ongoing environmental crises that are plaguing Earth Prime throughout, especially the early and middle campaigns. With it being so relatively close to Earth Prime, you could place this advent portal adventure in the early, middle, or late campaign, considering it is on the same note as the Kigak homeworld. Now, this thought experiment, as I said, is something that Josie's been planning for some time. Jeff, I want to thank you for joining us with this and your insight on this thought experiment. Not a problem. Anytime. As I said, Jeff is part of the Travcast. Tune into the show. He and Pixie do the pop culture report. Uh, If you want to contact us on various aspects of this thought experiment, when you leave a review on iTunes, if you have questions there, you can go to tritechsystems.podbean.com. Drop questions there on the page where you get this podcast. Tritac Games and TritacGamers.com. The Google groups that John keeps an eye on. Yahoo groups, I think, are still working. Um, let's see, what else? What other Facebook? Venues? Oh, Facebook, yes. Fringeworthy RPG fans. And, well, because we mentioned Bureau 13, uh, Bureau 13 agents everywhere, as well as the fans of the Tritac podcast page. So, by all means, feedback on this. Josie has worked a long time on this. Jeff, of course, has played a lot of games. And we're more than happy to answer your questions on this. Anything we might have missed that you can throw back at us or other suggestions, and we can give you more information based on what we've dug up. Of course, we will have more for you next time. But until then...
Yo, brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mother.